I'll do it in 30 minutes. I'll do it in a couple hours. I mean, I have so much time. You know, I just think I'll push it off till tomorrow. I probably won't be busy or anything will come up that could potentially seriously stress me out and turn my life completely upside down. That, my friend, is where you are completely incorrect. As exam dates grow ever closer as I'm recording this, I've seen more procrastination from myself and fellow peers than I've seen in quite some time. The topic of procrastination has always made me laugh. As people get stuck in this procrastination rut, it's not that they aren't aware it's a problem, but simply procrastinate their way out of solving their procrastination problem. As this procrastination problem runs rampant on pretty much a global scale, it's time to start fighting back. I'm going to make this as simple and straightforward for you guys as possible, so going into the future, we can work to completely eliminate this vile habit we fall so easily into. This will be no episode elaborating on the negative side effects of procrastination, but vividly describing what procrastination is and providing practical solutions to cut it out of your life as fast as possible. 1. Let's address what procrastination actually is. Many view procrastination as this evil force that whispers in your ear when no one's around. You can put off that work for a little longer. As accurate as this may seem, it's actually completely the opposite. Procrastination is the body's natural process of stress relief. Rather than viewing procrastination as an evil monster, try observing it as nothing more than a sweet grandma. As stress approaches, she makes sure you avoid addressing this stress at all cost in the interest of keeping you happy and relaxed in the present, because that's all she can see. You see, our brains have the capacity to perform incredible tasks at frighteningly fast speeds, But one thing it has a hard time with is evaluating the future. Your instincts can only make judgments based on the present and the present alone. When that sweet old grandma tries to comfort you by pulling you away from the stress, it makes you happy for a time, but soon enough the source of that stress will come back bigger and more powerful for round two. This unfortunate reality tempts most of us as we justify our way out of something only leading to more stress down the road. Well, if this is the case, what exactly are we going to do about it? Since our brain doesn't understand that stress is only going to come back bigger and more sinister than ever, how do we stop this feedback loop? It's quite simple. Since the natural functions of our brain are blindly hindering us from accomplishing the task, we, the conscious mind, have to be the adult in the room and address the problem. As ridiculous as that sounds, that we, the conscious mind, have to reassure our own brain's natural functions that it's only hurting us and not to give in is outrageous. This being said, and us now knowing that procrastination isn't the one at fault, we got questions that need answers. 1. Who is the one at fault? And 2. 
How can we reverse engineer this problem to solve it? 1. Procrastination isn't the bad guy, stress is. To solve a problem, you must address the problem itself, not the side effects. Procrastination, merely being a side effect of avoiding stress, addressing the stress as soon as possible would seem like the proper way to go about this. As easy as this is to say, I'm sure everyone listening to this is completely aware that if the variable that is causing the stress didn't exist, we would never procrastinate in the first place. This is now where I get to question number two of how can we flip the tables on stress and beat it to the jump long before any long-term stress or uneasiness settles in? To this question, I introduce to you the bane of procrastination's existence, and it all begins with Parkinson's Law. Parkinson's Law states that work expands as you increase the time allotted to do it. This simply means if you have 30 minutes of homework and 2 hours to do it, the work will take significantly longer to do than if you just had 30 minutes. To provide a quick example, a couple months ago me and my friend were at Starbucks working on a study guide that was for a test the next day. We got there at 7.30 and honestly talked about everything else in the world besides completing the study guide. As 9.30 crept around and I was deep into my philosophy about how water is in fact wet, a girl who worked there walked up to our table and told us that they would be closing in 30 minutes. Me and my friend looked at each other and began cramming as much information on the study guide as possible. By the time 10 o'clock rolled around, we had completely finished what should have took us hours and 30 minutes. So, if having more time to do something statistically decreases productivity, what can we do? Create fake deadlines. Remember, even though stress is the bad guy, this is a battle against you and your body's coping mechanism to deal with the stress, aka procrastination. Reverse psychology and creating these fake deadlines tricks your brain and your focus into working significantly more diligently on the work at hand. Many of you have probably felt this when you cram for an essay due in under an hour. All of the attention and focus are poured into completing the task at hand because the variable of time has now been substantially cut. The only difference is rather than speed typing, a mess of an exam due in 30 minutes, you give yourself an hour and 30 minutes before the essay is due so you not only have the benefit of fully directing your focus onto the task, but also the time required to complete it with elegance. Lastly, I would like to provide one more suggestion to combat procrastination in more specific circumstances. Using fake deadlines is a highly effective way to complete assignments and papers, but falls short when it comes down to other tasks that have less linear due dates, such as going to the gym, folding laundry, or washing dishes. In this circumstance, we're still going to use reverse psychology, but a different approach. Rather than slicing the time allotted, we're going to simply trick our brain into getting started. Let's use the fold and close example. If we tell ourselves, okay, I'm only going to fold half of this, 
We cut the work short, taking away some of the threat it poses to our stress levels, making it easier to start. By bypassing the initial resistance holding us back from starting to fold the laundry, by the time we have folded half of it, our logic kicks in and says, hey, we're already in the rhythm here, let's just finish it up. This can also go for putting on your gym clothes and sitting outside until you bypass the initial resistance holding you back from going on that run or going to the gym because it just makes sense to start the task. You have come this far. In conclusion, I would like to say many haven't solved this issue of procrastination in their life because it comes and goes. The problem only arises when some form of workload arises as well, making it easy to forget about solving when things are calm. Unfortunately, not overcoming this and having defenses ready to combat procrastination only allows it to slowly seep back into your life, further creating chaos and expanding stress. Just remember this, the quicker you eliminate procrastination in all areas of your life, the quicker you get to convert your time back into your own hands. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode about procrastination, and I hope to see all of you next week.